This is Yawa Radio. This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. So you're listening to Yow Radio, and you know, I'd love it's great when guests join us from around the world and we're we're over in america this uh well i'm going to say this afternoon but in it's this small early hours of the morning really <laughs> where, where leslie is how are you leslie i'm so excited to be with you steve good morning god is it, yeah isn't it wonderful eh? the, the 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 power of zoom and the power of technology where we can get together now and uh, i know we always could but we've just made more use of it haven't we it's absolutely awesome Exactly. So, Leslie, today we're going to be talking about grief and loss and, and the work that you do in helping people with, uh, let's be honest, it's a subject that a lot of people don't like talking about, but that we need true. to talk about it. We need to talk about it and get things out there. So before we get into that, how, how did you get into this, this realm of work that you do? I have, thank you so much for that question, Steve. I have had an inordinate amount of personal loss in my lifetime with loved ones who have passed from every kind of which whatever the incident might have been if it was a plane crash a suicide an auto crash chronic illness heart failure all of it and i always wanted to learn how to process pain in a way that was profound because talking about it only just did not work for me. And I have always been dedicated to the healing arts. It's been a draw for me as a magnet with my own work and employment and on my own. So I've worked in hospice services for 12 years and I have worked toward earning a master's degree with 4,500 hours of clinical work with families and individuals. However, the end of life process was always a draw for my interest. And that hospice work led me to being expert in the end of life. And I Mm -hmm. was able before my late parents passed to give them all the support they needed so that the end of their lives was graceful. However, Steve, when my father passed 20 years ago, I still had lingering emotion about his his departure from the planet that, Mm -hmm. that bothered me. And five years back, a mentor to me introduced me to this grief recovery method and I found I was home. So since then, in the last five years, I have developed my own practice where I now have clients across the States and internationally and bringing this short-term method to them for their healing has been a joy. And it now is truly my my desire to continue this going forward. So, so Leslie, before we, before we, before I explore that about that the grief recovery method, but so for what, just from what you were describing there in the past, then and the things that were out there, did you find just talking about it just didn't help? Was it just like reliving it all the time when you were talking about yes, it? Exactly, you're very intuitive. Yes, that was exactly it. And I I wanted more. I wanted something deeper, and I didn't know what that was until I was introduced to this particular program. 
And at that moment, my only regret, Steve, in the last five years is that as a youthful senior woman, that someone did not introduce me to this particular program 30 years back because those losses would have been so much more graceful to have taken on in my lifetime than they were. So I am profoundly grateful for having found this mm -hmm. and it is my life's work. And I always think no matter what our life's work is, when we find it, it is truly a joy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I like Koba and I, and I think sometimes in our life, you know, we wish things, we wish things had happened in the past, but I always use that phrase for whatever reason, the timing was just not right. And, and then things come into your life, you know, when the timing's right, teachers yes. come in, don't they? Mentors come in. So how did, how did you meet your mentor then? What, tell me the story about that. How did that oh, happen? That was a beautiful, thanks for that question. That's a beautiful story. I actually was at a seminar where Debbie had been as well and, and met her. She's a, uh, just a very well-known and revered in my area, a marriage and family therapist. And I sat with her for an hour privately telling her what my intention was with my work and where I felt there was something important missing. And she said, Leslie, I believe that what you are looking at that would be profound would be something like this method. Why don't you go and explore it and just see how it is for you? Mm -hmm. And I did. And I decided to just in those moments in life when we just have the courage to say, I'm jumping off the high dive yes. and taking this on, uh, I became certified and trained and found this method five years back and felt like I was home. And then several years back, I went back for advanced training so that I became authorized by the Institute of Grief Recovery to be able to offer this virtually across the world. And that was before the pandemic. So it was like a spiritual God thing that this happened at that time, because being able to be virtual now is a gift. And that's how I work with my clients easily, so that there's no concern with them about the pandemic and issues and COVID and any of it. It's just a joy to be able to open up a Zoom and have my clients be comfortable, whether they're in their living room or they're on the road or wherever they are, we can reach each other and have a session. And did the did the recovery method, grief recovery method, did it originate in America then? Did this Yes, great right. question. John James, our beloved late founder, oh my goodness, Steve, John James passed only a month ago, and we specialists around the world have grieved his loss because this man's legacy is so profound. So 45 years back before the internet, John <laughs> with his then wife had a precious three-day-old son, and he died three days later. And John was so devastated with that loss as a new father, and so elated was he to have a son, that he, because he was a Vietnam vet, and okay. he was a man with a heart of gold and kind of rough edges, who was just profoundly inconsolable about this loss, and stood on a pier in Santa Monica in a dramatic moment and thought, this pain is too great. I'm thinking about ending it. He had a weapon, he was a vet and he had a spiritual epiphany. And in that epiphany, he was told that he needed to write about this loss. And at that time he had been three years sober. 
Mm-hmm. So he had walked through a program of profound recovery with 12 steps. Yeah. And he sat down and began to write about what he would have loved to have shared with his beloved son and what he missed that would have been different or better or more. And he developed slowly this method and people started to come to their home and say, John, what, tell us more. We've heard about this from you. What, what is this? What are the steps? And the book was written. The grief recovery handbook has now been published and republished and has been something that around the world has touched the hearts of healing for over millions of people. Wow. So I am so grateful, Steve, to be a part of the leadership of this work, because now when I meet with a client, I know that in only a few months time with seven or eight sessions, they are going to leave with a gift of an action step program, because you and I both know it isn't just time that Mm -hmm. heals us. It's the action in time that heals us. And that's what this program teaches is it's compassionate, it's profound, it teaches us to take action steps with a healer, me, mm-hmm. in time. And at the end of that few weeks, eight weeks, they have a gift to know how to heal themselves in the future if they choose. And many of my clients return to process other losses. But what so is if they don't want to come back for processing another loss, I've taught them steps so that they can do this on their own. Yeah. And, and, and Leslie, when we, you know, when we're talking about loss, loss can take many shapes, can't it as well in many, yes. many forms, you know, it's, yes. it may not just be losing a loved one. It may be a loss in another, another area of our life, you know, it absolutely is Steve. And that's such an excellent discussion because what John talks about always is there are over 40 types of laws that we can each endure or experience in a lifetime, none of which have to do with, as you just said, the loss of a person, Mm. excuse. So when I teach a class or lecture to attorneys or other therapists or colleagues, I always begin and ask a question and say, what do you think is the single most off limits topic of conversation in Western culture? And the responses will be death. Uh, loss, emotion, politics. No, it's grief because we don't know what to do with it and we sweep it under the carpet and we can have 40 different kinds of loss in a lifetime. So John teaches us that a definition of grief is one of, is grief is the conflicting mass of emotions that we experience when anything familiar changes even something that's wonderful in our lifetime. So when you and I get married, we have a mate by our side whom we love and adore. And for me personally, I have been with my now husband the last 13 years. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you in quite honestly, that for having been single for a decade before that, there are moments when I miss that little tiny condo Mm. on my own, (laughs) where because I didn't ever cook, I stored extra shoes and clothes in the kitchen shelves and in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) So my point is, even when we have a change for the better, 
when we move from LA to New York for a better job. And dad says to his young children, you're going to love it. We're going to have a better house. We're going to have greater freedom because we will have more, more money. Mm-hmm. No, these kids are missing their friends and they're leaving a home they've grown up in. Yes. And that's a loss. So there's the front of the hand and the back of the hand with every change that we have. Do you know, it's interesting you say that because many moons ago, I think, I mean, it's a long, long time ago now. um, We actually moved home when my daughter then was just, we moved because she was changing schools. So the timing was right to change, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. But I I remember um, sat at home one night feeling really emotional and I and I burst into tears because I felt I'd taken her away from everything that she knew oh that's so profound that you know that sensitivity yeah yeah and and you know wow I was it was just one of those moments where I was just sat there and I just felt so overwhelmed and thought what have I done have I but the things that came to me Leslie and this and maybe you maybe these conversations come up with you but I, I found how I thought, well, how selfish of you. You've just thought about yourself. Yes. Exactly. You've not thought about the impact on others and everything like that. It was right for you. We, I mean, we're off, yes. you know, and then I had this yes. big moment and, um, you, you know, luckily, you know, I was able to talk it through and with, with my wife and, and things like that as well. And Haley, we had conversations about it, but it was, so as he was talking there, that really just came back to me in a big profound moment you know yes I so hear you Steve and I and Haley by the way what a beautiful name Haley's comment so rare (laughs) so I have had parents talk with me so many times as clients and the discussion that's so profound and sensitive about a move like that and the suggestion is to take a young child through the house and say goodbye to each room in the house and remember memories that happened in each room Mm. and to make that move a little bit, having a sense of closure for the child so that he or she has said goodbye to that place that was so loving and so special in their lives. And that's just an idea. Yeah, you know, what what just came to me as well is there again, you know, even when, even when they, they're changing school, you know, they've gone from what we call the junior school to senior school here, and it's a big jump. Yes. You know, and helping people, helping the young ones cope through that, because there's a loss. There's, they're, they're leaving something they're so familiar with. Exactly. They could be leaving friends. Friends could be going to different schools. Yes. There's lots of emotions going on around there as well, isn't there? Yes, always. They could have had a counselor at that particular school hmm. who helped them maybe through a tough time or any kind of relationship that they had that they were so sensitive and used to is going to change when they move to a new school so yes any kind of change is a loss and it's a grieving issue and it is uh one that john would describe as he might say grief is a normal and natural reaction to loss however many times what we do in western culture is not normal not natural and not healthy Mm. and then he will discuss those myths of grieving that are so profound for each of us well, and that prevail in our culture. Let's explore some of, let's, yes, let's explore yes. some of those myths then. So two of the myths are don't feel bad and replace the loss. And in our Western culture, 
with the divorce rate, as you and I both know, being as high as it is and profoundly affected by the isolation of the pandemic. Mm. My husband is a family law attorney and the divorce rate after these 18 months has risen horribly. And so the truth is that many times what we do is we leave a relationship and we're hurt. And before we process how we have felt about that loss, we're into the next relationship. Mm -hmm. That's toxic as well. Mm. And we don't process what happened so that we don't repeat it. And so many times when you think of your lifetime and you think of your past, perhaps before your wonderful relationship with your now wife, there are times when I look back as a much younger woman when I was in recovery process and I would always date the same man and having come from an alcoholic background in my family, which had healing later in life mm -hmm. with my father in those early years, my attraction would be to a man who is also an addict and it's unhealthy. Yeah. How do we change this? Mm -hmm. We need to go through some kind of healing process so that we do. And many times when you have had a loss or I've had a loss, or someone you know has had their own personal loss, people will respond with an intellectual comment because they don't know what to say. Oh, your aunt died, I'm so sorry, but she's out of pain, she's in a better place. No, that's an intellectual comment to a heart that's broken in the moment. And what we need to do is have the moment to feel our feelings. And many times people don't know what to say. And if you talk to your friends and ask about a loss incident, many of them will say, you know, Steve, my mom died and some of my friends disappeared. I couldn't believe it. They didn't come around. What's going on? They didn't know what to say. Yeah. And instead of just coming to each of us and saying, you know, Steve, I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't even know what to say to you right now. To say that is a gift. Mm just to be able to be present with someone else who's had is it, a loss. Is it, well, that's, I, want to, I want to use the word amazing. I don't know if that's the right word, but it is amazing how when people comment around something like this, in their own, in their own way, they're trying to solve a problem for you, but rather than just listening and giving you space. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they're giving you an intellectual comment, which sometimes in a family, say, with a father who's been trained by a militaristic or a very narrow-minded father of his own, might say to a young son, stop crying, Stevie. If you're going to cry, go to your room and cry. Mm. What? Because they're uncomfortable with our emotions and don't know what to do about it. So they don't want to see the emotion because they don't know what to say or do. Yeah. And being strong for others is another myth that many of us have been taught, especially young boys in Western culture. Don't cry. Your little sister is a mess. Go take care of her. Don't feel your feelings is what that means. Yes. Or don't show your emotion because I'm dad and I can't feel my emotions and I don't want you feeling your emotions to affect me badly. So cut it off. Stop crying. This is crazy, but this is so often the truth in our culture i can i can relate to that as well because i know when when my uh, when my dad died you know and, and people around me are saying well don't forget steve you've got to be strong for your mum now yes yes you know and well 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 no i i have to work with it to sort the things out that need to be done yes but i need to let my mum share her emotions do, do you yes. know 
and 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 again you know, we, how we bottle things up we'll talk about a few more myths and guess in a minute but when my dad died and I you know I was I was really busy sorting things out and making sure all the legal bits were done and and to be fair I never really grieved properly and then there was one day um Anne had gone out and Haley had gone out um doing some shopping and I was doing a bit of painting and I was playing um it was a, a Genesis album and, and this track came on and I can't remember the, the words, I can't remember the words exactly, but one of the lines was, and I held his hand so tightly, I never wanted to let it go. Mm. And as I was painting, and I can mm. feel it, I'm tingling now as I'm telling you, mm. right? I just felt this feeling come through me and I just burst into tears, mm. okay? Massively. Um, and then um, I heard Anne and Haley coming home. And going back to what you're saying, I'd got this thing in my head as well. Don't let him see you crying. So I'm trying to tidy myself up. But it was so obvious I was in such a state. Um, and Anne came in and said, are you OK? I said, I've just burst into tears over my dad and things like that. And Anne's comment was, thank God for that. You finally yes. let it out. Yes, yes. And what a gift to teach little Haley that it is okay to be emotional and feel our feelings. Yes. And I am always touched because our culture is so about men being strong, holding back, not expressing feelings. I remember on my first date with my now husband, we were in an emotional movie. I can't remember which one, the second. And I looked over and he had a tear and was brushing it off. And I thought, oh, I like him so much. Just the <laughs> fact that he can be self-expressive. It was so touching to me. And so, yes, in our culture, that be strong for others is not the way to heal from loss. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful that you had that moment and that you were able to let those feelings yeah. out. You know, stay. Leslie, on a, on, a, on a lighter note, I don't know if you see Strictly Come Dancing over in your part of the world, a big BBC program over here where celebrities are learning to dance and things. And it, I, I cry at that. I I've cried at that. I can, I can remember when uh, England rugby union team won the world cup i remember this so well um hayley rang me she was ringing me from somewhere else and i was in tears because i used to play sport and i could appreciate all the effort that gone in and i was crying and she said what are you crying <laughs> for dad we've won i went i oh, know it's wonderful <laughs> but, so, oh, i love that That's what, so what are some of the other myths then leslie so some of the other myths are we always say in our fast-paced Western culture. Hey, Steve, I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. Just keep busy. You'll get over it. Just keep busy. You have got that radio show. That's great. Mm. But you know what? If you're still feeling badly, just get another something to do at night. When you get home at seven, just find something to do from eight till 11. You won't think about it. What? Mm. Keep busy is not the answer to resolving our feelings about loss. It is not, and yet that is so common of a myth and misinformation about grieving. Yeah, that's just, one, like, that's just like a distraction technique to move you away from what you really want to feel. Exactly. So mm. we have don't feel bad, replace the loss, which we do so commonly with boyfriends, girlfriends, friendships, employers, before we walk through what we really feel about a situation. Grieve alone, which is not the way to heal 
the truth about grief is that the antidote for grieving is participation, always. Whether it's with a specialist like me, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. or it's a specialist like me who teaches a group, I have um, developed my practice one-on-one because -on -one that's my passion, yeah. but we can heal in groups. It's a profound way for some people to love that process, keeping busy. And the sixth is just give it time. So this one touches me so deeply, Steve, because when I am lecturing or talking interactively with a group, I will say, how many of you have lost someone in your life whom you've loved through a friendship, estrangement, through death, through divorce, however, and it's been five years. And when you think of this human being whom you love or miss, you still feel profound pain in your heart and hands will go up. And I'll say, keep your hand up if it's five years, if it's 10 years later, and you still have this feeling of loss and it's searing in your heart. Keep it up if it's 15 years, 20 years. And it's profound to me how many hands are up after 15 and 20 years. Wow. It is not time that heals us. If you and I were on the road to a concert in London and we have a blowout on the freeway, we're going to be in the emergency lane in a second calling whatever the folks are mm. in London, AAA in America, yeah. to say, get over here. We have a blowout. Yeah. We're not going to wait. We're going to take care of the action now. It's the action and time that heals us. And that's the beauty of this program. It's an action-based program that teaches us in reading a easy to read handbook that John James wrote and doing homework assignments each week that begin to give us a new look at our loss and a way to continue to heal. And that is the beauty of the grief recovery method. Wow. So, so Leslie, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do, how can they do that? They can easily reach me through my website, Leslie J. Tolan. And in your broadcast, will you have the spelling of my name or should I spell it? No, I, no I'm all right. That I, I, I know how to spell it. I've seen it many times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but so, go on. You spell it out for them. For, just for, uh, yeah. So uh, if you're listening and you would like to contact me, it would be my honor to have a 20 minute consultation with any of you. Just a joy to talk more about loss. And my website is L-E-S-L-E-I-G-H-J-T-O-L-I-N, LeslieJTolan.com. And there's a contact page on each page on my website. Also, listeners, if you would like to just have some excellent articles about different kinds of loss, under the resource tab on my website are many downloadable articles for your reading. So connect with me. It would be a pleasure. And I look forward to hearing from you. Leslie, thank you for joining me today. It's been absolutely wonderful. And uh, as I say, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. This, this is, is Yawa Radio. Radio. Well, thank you for joining me on this week's Glass Half Full podcast. If you'd like to join me as a guest, then why not get in touch? You can email me at steve at stevetwynham.com. And also, if you're looking for a radio station that is that little bit different, that brings you all about well-being and happiness and personal development and great music too, and then check out Yawa Radio. That's Yawa spelt Y-O-W-A-H 
www.co.uk check out Yawa Radio bringing that feel good feeling to every single day of the week so once again thank you for joining me on today's Glass Half Full podcast it is produced and presented by myself Steve Twynham and copyright applies and whatever you're doing for the rest of your day have the best day you possibly can